I'm Jane Cuddy and this is the Australian Organics Collective. Australian organic wine is grown and produced to the high standards that Australian organic certification demands. In this episode, we're taking a deep dive into the state of the organic wine industry in Australia and understand why it's finally hitting its pins in the commercial sense. Australian Organic is proud to present Australia's first dedicated organic and biodynamic wine show in Tasmania, showcasing the finest drops from Australia's best certified organic and biodynamic winemakers, aiming to also raise the profile of high quality organic wine and further boost the industry. But first to Victoria, where over 20 years ago, a business idea bloomed around a kitchen table in Melbourne. Hi, I'm Michelle Gadd. I founded Organic Wine back in 2002. I believe that organic wine wasn't being promoted in the right way, being for quality purposes. Hi, I'm Stuart Wood. I joined up or teamed up with Michelle just over 18 months ago. I'm excited to be in the, the wine and organic industry and I think it's got very exciting futures. Now, Michelle, you, you mentioned just before that you started this business in 2002. What was that like at the time and what's changed over the years? So give us a bit of a snapshot of what the organic wine industry looked like then and, and how it's moved. Yeah, so back then it was pretty unheard of a lot of the time. It was most people in the wine industry put organic wine down to a few hippies in the hills growing wine and not doing a great job of it was what your conventional grower thought back then. I was doing a graduate diploma in viticulture up at Dookie and uh, I got laughed at by a few of the uh, other people attending that course when I said I wanted to, to promote uh, organic wine. And I'm sorry, just to interrupt you a little bit, what, why did you really believe in that at that time? If you said, you know, quite a lot of people thought it was hippies in the hills, what made you go, actually, it's not, and this could be a serious market? My philosophy has always been we just need to be much greener and much more sustainable. And if you do organics and biodynamics well, you're going to get the best quality product. You're going to get a product that's unique and reflects where it's grown, the climate, and, of course, part of that are the people who are growing it. So people who go down the organic and biodynamic path really care about what they're doing. They care about their own health, the health of the people working for them and the health of the the vineyards um, and sustainability going forward, the health of their business in the long term and the health of the vines. Mm. When you uh, put so much money into planting vines, you want them to last as long as they can and organic and biodynamics allows you to do that. So... My philosophy was always we're going to get the best quality product if you do organic and biodynamic well. And um, we lost a lot of those tools to do that over the years when the chemical uh, uh, industry really came into force back in the 1930s and 40s. Some of those tools were a bit lost in that uh, knowledge. So for me, I could just see that if we got back to those basics and doing organics and biodynamics well, we'd end up with really good quality product that everyone would want to be drinking. The proof is in the pudding. Your retail business has an amazing selection of, of organic, biodynamic, uh, vegan, all sorts. We'll get into all of the different labels, I guess, in a minute. But, you know, that takes time and, and commitment. What's the process been like to really sell that product and really confirm what you believed in all along? Yeah, definitely it's taken time and commitment <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of years there, I was uh, not earning very much money, but I believed in the cause. Uh, luckily, I could uh, I could subsidise my passion with some money from other sources, but it's just grown enormously. And 
to see the products come on board, to see wineries, more and more of them um, converting over to organics and biodynamics, and to see some of the best wines in Australia, recognised as the best wines in Australia by any level, but some of those vineyards such as your your Cullens and your Paxton's and Koleski's and Stefano Lubiana, you know, embraced organic and biodynamic because they know the quality will be there. And it's a unique product, an authentic product that they, they're passionate about. It's been fantastic. We would love to be able to grow even quicker and to embrace all the organic and biodynamic wineries that are out there. But uh, it's just logistics and, um, yes. Yeah storage space and all those other things. <laughs> and I guess, you know, um, Stuart, please, um, this this may be more relevant to you, but, you know, what, what are the strengths of the market now and where are those growth areas of, of growers and, and people really um, bringing more organic wine onto the market? I think back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, it was inverted commas, a bit more hippies in the hills and, and now there's really an organic or bio, biodynamic offering for everyone, but be you, you know, the occasional wine consumer or, you know, really into a particular Shiraz from South Australia, there's, there's wineries that really talk to your palate. So I think it just sort of shows how the industry's matured a lot from the, the days when it was uh, a bit smaller and smaller batch. There's some wineries which are really household names, like the Tamberlanes and Angoves are sort of most people in the street have heard of those wineries and sometimes they're a bit shocked to understand they actually are organic wineries. So I think now that they've become bigger, they're more in the mainstream. There's really an offering for everyone and be it a particular price point you want to buy or a variety or a particular profile you're looking for. That's It's a really much expanded offering now. So it's easier to access. And what's what's driven the diversity? Is that a consumer wanting more out of their wines or is it growers wanting to be more sustainable and environmentally uh, friendly what's what's the driving forces behind that I think I think it's a bit of both to be honest I think farmers are uh, pretty hardy people and they're quite entrepreneurial people there's, there's quite a few we deal with who are you know pushing the boundaries in terms of you know there's a Prosecco available now there's you know wine in cans coming through there's different offerings but also consumers are wanting different offerings and their views sort of changing pretty quickly the, the days are gone of just one particular varietal a Shiraz will suffice they, they're looking for different offerings and farmers slash wineries are, are responding to that so I think it's on both sides of the ledger. Yeah absolutely and you mentioned you know the varieties there but you know even under and on your website but certainly under the organic banner there's touched on the biodynamic there's preserved free, uh, vegan, there's any number of, of different sort of concepts coming through. Is that a similar kind of story driven by a consumer um, wanting more variety? Yeah, I mean, it might be, might be a good one to hand to Michelle. I mean, <laughs> we get a lot of questions around organic versus preservative free. Yeah, definitely consumer driven. The, the questions I get, all variations on that theme. Is it dry grown? Is it organic? Is it vegan? Uh, how much sugar is in there? Consumers are more informed and they want to know. They want to choose they want to choose wines that suit them, their lifestyle, their particular health issues, their palate, their budget, and they want to be informed. So it's a, there's a whole lot of good data around wine as to what is actually in this bottle of wine and what the consumer wants out of that and the information they, they, they want to be able to search quickly and find the right wines that suit their needs. And you two would have to just be on top of it all the time with the questions. Holy dooly. So you, I, I guess you both wine drinkers, but the market research must be pretty intense as well. well the business really grew out of a passion. I was really quite interested in wine, um, sort of started more about growing grapes, but I really took to the wine appreciation side of things. <laughs> so that's 
concept to uh, to start the business uh, in in wine retail came from, and because I just didn't think consumers were well enough informed um, on the offerings there, because it's it's one thing, and it's they're great they're great benefits to sell a product on the fact that it's environmentally friend, friendly or better for your health. It's another concept altogether to say this is a top quality product, and it's top quality because it's organic and biodynamic. Oh, and by the way. It's better for your health. It's better for the environment. So it ticks all the boxes. And that I think that's where a lot of the consumer take-up has come from, is they've tasted the wines. They've got out there and realised, hey, these are really good wines. We're mm. starting to get some really good wines. There's a good offering, lots of different varieties from lots of different regions in Australia, a few overseas ones thrown in as well. So it's a market where I can get what I want. It's sold as a quality product and that's the way it should always it should always be. Nobody can argue with quality. If you're if you're selling a you know a good quality product at the right price, the consumers are, are gonna want to want to be part of it. Absolutely. And Australia's always enjoyed well, a, a terrific reputation across the world for quality wine. So the fact that organic can keep up with that is, is quite remarkable in a relatively short space of time. Yeah, look, we were a bit, organic food got taken up a lot more quickly and wine was sort of lagging behind. I think part of that was people didn't, when they think of wine, they just think, uh, you know, idyllic grapes growing in a nice uh, green vineyard somewhere. Mm. But it's the reality of any industry is it's actually, you know, your large-scale producers often are using quite large-scale processes, which involve involve mechanisation, it involves chemicals, it involves perhaps cutting some corners and not not um, producing food or wine in quite the way you think. Mm-hmm. So I would get the question, what's not organic about wine? And and when you explain to people, it's the farm just like any other product, and in farming that, you might have to down herbicides and pesticides, also fertilisers. What are all these things we're putting on our grapes and, and, and what impacts do they have on both our environment and the health? And there's been some studies done more overseas than here when they've analysed conventional wines, especially in France, and, and been horrified actually the level of um, vineyard chemicals that were still in some of those bottles of, of wine. So certainly Australia always had a nice clean green uh, reputation, but the more people become aware of, of, of how their food or grapes are grown, then the greater appreciation they have for what organic and biodynamic brings to the table in terms of a, of a healthier uh, option. Does that help sell some of these wine varieties to consumers when they are certified and they can see that they are you know, labelled appropriately? There's obviously different certifying bodies in terms of um, organic certification, but ACO is obviously the largest and most prominent. And you go as far as to say the BUD is the most highly recognised. And, I, you know, there's a lot of ACO research and anecdotal research that you know, people see that BUD and they know that's like a rubber stamp. It's an authentic organic product, be that a soap or a wine, etc. So I think that really does hold it to a, to a high level. You can actually use the word organic and um, in other countries around the world, you can't use the word organic without being certified in Australia. You can still use the word organic. And we're happy to say that most organic wineries um, do have some sort of certification. Some wineries may not, but in the in the main, most do and the consumers do look for that certification. And do you think that will become more sort of mandatory, that, that shift to being certified, like as labelling or, or accreditation laws in Australia become a bit more streamlined? Probably, to be honest, getting out of my depth, but I know there's a lot of work being done with, you know, the government departments working on trying to get a standardised view and process and bring some of those bodies together. And 
I'm, I'm sure it's going to happen. Um, there's just a lot of stakeholders to, to get aligned to make that happen. But I think the industry is almost ahead of itself where, you know, a lot of, a lot of really good winemakers just do it as a matter of course because they know that retailers, consumers, everyone's sort of looking for that um, certification and branding that goes with it. Absolutely. Now, as retailers, you know, we're, we're coming up to the Organic Wine Awards uh, for Australia. What, how does that play uh, for you? Because, you know, you're, you're selling the, the award winners. Um, so it, how does uh, the recognition that comes out of those awards play into to your life? Uh, I, I think it's a great thing. I, I think we're all victims of it. We, we sort of get on the merry-go-round and we, we just don't take stock of what's happening. And there's a lot of wineries that produce just stunning, fantastic wines, and it's good to just take a breath and assess them and you know celebrate the, the great wines that are around there. And I think it's also a reflection of how big the organic wine industry is now that there is an awards that just talk specifically to, to those wines. And I think it's great for consumers because their knowledge goes up because of the, the publicity and the award winners out of that environment. So I, th- I think it's a great opportunity for everyone to be part of it. Absolutely. Now we're going to change tact a little bit, you know, being online retailers, um, uh, essentially. The change in the market since COVID, what, how has that affected you? We've seen a huge growth in our, in our business. Um, obviously being online and delivering, COVID helped us in that regard as far as consumers were, were getting online and a lot of people who'd never bought anything online before all of a sudden had to immerse themselves in that world and, um, and, and put through some orders, fielding quite a lot of phone calls and, and helping people and stay so, home and drink, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Well, the point of <laughs> it was about all of a sudden people had a bit of time to, to slow down and stop and think, okay, well, I'll have a little bit of extra money to spend. So I might actually buy some good quality and I'm going to look for organic or biodynamic or preservative free. So products that health-wise are a bit better for me, environment-wise are better for, uh, are, are better for the environment and also, you know, quality. I want, I want good quality. So it was a great opportunity for, for people just to put their values out there and say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm here to make a little bit of a difference and this is what I'm going to do in this unpredictable and chaotic time. So I think just going back to our conversation, you know, we, we've touched on any number of issues and, and, you know, how it's grown and what consumers are wanting. What's the future? Where are we headed? I just think it's really, really exciting. It's As, as Michelle said, the last 12 months we've sort of been, inverted commas, hanging on a bit because there's been so many new wineries in conversion or wine that already were in organic and adding more varietals or a, or a greater offering, the consumer t- demand has been enormous. So I think the future is, is really, really bright. I mean, the organic wine industry is about sort of 2% of the total organic industry. And if you sort of look to overseas as a bit of a barometer in, in Europe, it's sort of about 5 to 8% of the market and the US is about the same. So we've got a lot of catching up to do. And I think consumers are learning very quickly about it and there's a lot more wineries coming on board so I think it's it's really exciting for anyone who's who's in this space. And what about you Michelle? I, this is yeah I was going to say this has been in your baby for a long time. Look I, I, I said this 15 years ago and of course nobody really was listening back then and they all thought I was uh, a, a hippie in the hills. A, yeah <laughs> <laughs> a bit delusional but at that point I said down the track if you're wanting to sell what you consider to be a premium wine in Australia premium unique quality wine so I guess price point we're talking sort of 20 25 dollars and above it will need to be organic or biodynamic it'll be consumer driven consumers will expect that if you're wanting to sell them a wine at that price marketed as a as a premium wine that of course it should be grown organically biodynamically 
no synthetic herbicides, pesticides or chemicals. So the vine can truly reflect where it's grown and what it's about. It's, it's forced then to get nutrients from the soil, to soak up the sunshine and the water that it's given and and to produce a, a pristine natural product. And when you get to, to taste something that is just grown so well and so well looked after so consumers are going to demand well if you're saying it's quality i'm expecting it to be organic or biodynamic if you've produced your wine anyone any other way then i'm not really interested so i think that will it will progress further and further down that path through consumer i would would add to michelle's point just as an analogy as well that you think about uh the vehicle industry probably seven eight years ago it was do we think electric vehicles actually work? Whereas the question now really is, you know, what year will it be when every car on the road is an electric car? So I think it's just the perceptions people have and the time it'll take. And, you know, I 100% agree with what Michelle said. I think it's only going to get bigger and will Mm. it become the whole industry? Who knows? Or half the industry? I mean, it's got a long, long way to go. And I think it's going to happen pretty quickly in some ways too. A lot of our a lot of our work and what we love doing is is educating consumers um, about this what's what's there and trying to find wines that suit their palates and there's just such a great range of organic wines available now that we're sure we can we can help just about anyone find a wine they're going to love and uh, we love being able to put put packs together with. 12 different wines from 12 different regions of Australia, certified organic, and for pe- people to come and try that and just to see the breadth of uh, the breadth of wines available. So really excited uh, moving forward that we find uh, more and more people who, who want to join us on this organic journey. retailing point of view, organic wine is performing well, driven by an ever-increasing consumer demand. Josh Martin was part of the team put together by Australian Organic to come up with an industry-specific wine show, including an award criteria that would recognise the depth and breadth of quality in Australian organic wine and continue to raise the profile of the industry. Josh is a wine writer for Gourmet Traveller magazine and associate judge in the inaugural Australian Organic Wine Industry Awards. And this is what was really good about the awards. Although they were run by Australian Organic, they were open to any certified organic winemaker mm. uh, in Australia, mm. which is really good. And what we saw, we saw uh, entries from right across uh, the majority of the states and the really, really big wine regions. So there was a really good representation. I think it was about 27 or so makers and regions that actually um, submitted wines. We had about 100, 120 wines in total against a whole range of categories and we did see those kind of key areas like McLaren Vale, like in the Margaret River um, represented and quite a few from New South Wales as well. So there was a really nice spread across the country and we think this is kind of really the the first time that we've held these awards, um, you know, in that kind of bigger scale. You know, there was there was quite a quite a good turnout. Plus we've had COVID as well. Um, that's interfered with some winemakers' production, you know, their ability to do things like go on awards and other things. So last year was a really, really messy year. And as part of that, we thought, well, you know, let's let's get these awards going. Uh, let's just have another way that we can actually promote the industry and support the industry and really try to create a special event exclusively for Australian organic winemakers. The other really interesting thing is that we have all of these wine shows across Australia. You know, like you have the Royal 
Royal Queensland and Sydney and all of these other shows that are held all throughout the year. There's a, there's a lot of these shows that are held, um, but there's not one individual show specifically for solely for Australian organic wine. And that's something we wanted to set up here, something that was unique and something that promoted um, winemakers who make organic wine. And the other really important thing about this as well is you actually have to be certified to enter the wine judging. If you're still in kind of transition to being certified or you call yourself a natural winemaker and other things, but you aren't actually certified, you technically can't enter. So the really important thing about this wine event is that it is for certified winemakers and that's what it you know seeks to promote absolutely and you know you, by the sounds of it you had a terrific response so that's quite a lot of entry so then what's the process of, of getting down to the winners and really picking uh, the top wines out of that so we we ran the um, wine judging using the uh, the standard Australian wine show uh, method so this means that we looked at the wines in a controlled environment. We had a series of brackets. So, you know, you might have a Shiraz bracket, for example, or a Cabernet bracket. We had four judges. So I was an associate judge, uh, all held in Brisbane. And, and part of that was, of course, to combat COVID. Like if we started holding it in other places around the country and then an area got locked down, we, we, you know, we'd have to cancel flights and all this sort of stuff. So we kind of worked out, let's keep it really simple actually hold it in Brisbane. If we get a lockdown, we can just hold it for a week or two. Um, we've got the wine safely stored with WineArc, uh, who are fabulous sponsors for this. Um, so we had four Brisbane judges. Ramon Arvanas was the, was the chair of the show. And then we had Alex McPherson, um, who is the wine director for the Khalil Hotel, which is in the, in the valley in Brisbane, and Ken Gargett as well, who's a wine judge and a wine writer with more than 20 years' experience. And then, as mentioned, we had myself in as, as an associate judge. And so then the four of us, yeah, sat in a controlled environment. Um, you go through the various brackets, uh, you score the wines individually, and then you compare those scores, and then you come up with an average score that best fits that wine. Once you've done all that across the 120 or so wines that we had on the day, then we come back and then we start to look at those top wines to start to then say, okay, well, what are the couple of wines of the show? So this year we had uh, four gold medal wines. We had around 10 silver medal wines and then we had quite a few bronze medal uh, wines as well out of that 120. We haven't yet announced who those winners are. Um, I'll just leave it at the end. You're going to have to wait for that one. <laughs> you alluded to this before, but you are, you know, to spend some time as a wine writer and have documented the history of the organic wine um, industry in Australia quite well. So, you know, as as a observer, what have you noticed about the organic wine industry and how it's evolved over the last sort of five to ten years when you look at what you've just achieved with all of these amazing wines? Well, with organic wine, I definitely think that it can be the industry-leading wine in this country within the next five to ten years, absolutely, without a doubt. And there's a few reasons why, why that is happening. Consumers are definitely changing what they're looking for and what they expect to pay for. So you're starting to see uh, a lot more younger people drinking wine now who are much more interested in provenance, where their wine's coming from, and having no chemicals or nasties in their wine. We're seeing explosion of organic style shops across the country and now wine is actually sitting in those shops as well you'll see you know there'll be a section dedicated to organic wine and also in a lot of independent wine stores now and even in the bigger retailers as well you'll see some sections specifically dedicated 
to organic wine. So, you know, if we wound back maybe, say, five years or 10 years, you would only see very small sections or very specialised places having it. So we're starting to really see an increase in the availability of organic wine. We're seeing more winemakers come on certified and we're actually seeing existing organic and biodynamic winemakers increase their production as they get better at farming organically as well. No, I was going to say, what are some, what are some of the big success stories that you've seen in that time? Well, if I think of one really big success story in this country, I would have to uh, automatically go to Vanya Cullen um, from Cullen Wines. Now, Cullen, for our Australian Organic Show, are the what we will be awarding as part of this show is the Cullen Wines Trophy for the best wine of the show, which is an absolutely um, you know, marvellous trophy to have and award. Um, and it's brilliant to have Vanya on board. But when you actually think about what she's managed to do over the last uh, 20 plus years is absolutely amazing. One of the, the forebearers of organic in Australia and, and farming biodynamically. Some of her wines now, so for example, her Chardonnay and her Cabernet um, command well over $100 a bottle. And even the Cabernet, which is called the Vanya, I think it's about, um, it, it's reaching up to about $500 a bottle now. So your everyday so Tuesday you, drinking then? Yeah, you're, that's right. This is what you have. So this is what I'm. It's what I have on a Monday night when I get home. Yeah, um, yeah with, don't with we all? Don't we all? We have a bottle. Of, yeah, we have a bottle of, of the Vanya. Oh, um, but that said, she's got you know Sauvignon Blancs and other mm. other blends, some orange wines that come in at more of that kind of twenty to forty dollar mm. price range. Mm. But when you think about you know the top wines in Australia, when you think about Henschke Hill of Grace, when you think about Grange, um, which command, you know, seven dollars $800. And you think about then Vanya with some of her top wines heading towards that $500 mark. We're really rapidly moving in here into the upper echelon um, and the, the most expensive and revered wines in Australia. And these wines often to score 98, 9900 points as well. So what Cullen has been able to create as an absolute pioneer of the Australian industry um, is not quite, is getting other people enthused and excited and saying, well, you know, how can we how can we do it too? And also creating these amazing wines and these amazing uh, upper end brands that are becoming some of the most important in Australia. And you you mentioned before about some of the reasons why it's becoming more organic and and biodynamic and and those sort of wines are becoming more popular. Why do you, why are you so passionate about it? What first sparked your interest? For me, it's an absolute no-brainer. I just, I cannot understand. So, you know, I find myself in these heated discussions with people all the time. I absolutely cannot understand why people would want to drink pesticide, glyphosate, or it's also known as Roundup, um, nasties, man-made synthetic chemicals in their wine or in their food. I just... I, you know, you talk to some people and they go, I don't like organic wine. And you, you go, really? Why is that? I, I just find it such a, it's such a counterintuitive and an illogical discussion to have to say, well, I like having pesticide in my food or in my wine. So as a, just an absolute first, it just makes complete sense to me that why wouldn't you want to drink a product with much more, much more purity? So that's the very, very first principle. Then I come back to, well, who are the people who are actually making this stuff? So these people are sitting there on their land and they're going the extra mile to make organic and biodynamic wine. So they're saying, I'm not going to use pesticides and chemicals. I'm going to actually work with my land to produce the purest wine that I can and to leave the land in as good as or in as a better shape as when I found it. So it's going back to that principle of being a custodian of the land and leaving it better for the next generation. So, you know, when you look at the product, you've got a better, healthier product. And then when you look at the people and their purpose, 
and their identity of the people actually creating it, then, you know, it's really admirable. Vitamic and organic wine can be more difficult to make for a, for a few reasons. But one of them is some vineyards are more susceptible, depending if they have a lot of rainfall or cool air or other things, to things like mildew. Mm. And that can be really easy to kill with human-made pesticide. Mm. But if you're not doing that, then you actually have to think about how you can work with nature and use other techniques to mm. reduce those things like mildew. So you might find that you are using some of your natural approaches more regularly. It's more hard yards, brack baking work out in the vineyard to do more pruning and other things. So this does or can take more effort, and more focus. Uh, I just think it's absolutely admirable if you're farming and you're doing it sustainably, you're making, you're doing the best thing by the land, but you're also making a better product for the consumer as well. Uh, further to this, and this is what the, the wine, the organic wine award will show, is some of these wines that are made organically and biodynamically are some of the best wines in the country, hands down. We've got some of the top tier wines now coming through, uh, making their own way into the market and they're farmed organically and biodynamically. So again, I come back to as a consumer, why wouldn't you reach for that one and drink that one? Mm. And the other thing too, is if you do that, then you can start to send a message to the other producers about thinking about what they're actually doing in their vineyards and what they're using to create their wine. So to give you an example, Yulumba in South Australia, Yulumba now have certain vineyards that are certified organic. Mm. So you can see where they're going with it. They're one of the biggest wine producers in Australia. Now they advertise certain wines as certified organic. So I'd be presuming over time their objective is to be wholly and solely certified organic. So, you know, this is what we want to see. We want to see the big producers then setting the standard of being certified well, there's no excuse really if the if if some of the bigger corporate ones are going organic they're over to organic surely most people can absolutely and that will then help be the driver because from a commercial perspective they'll obviously find the cheapest way to do it to farm organically and biodynamically and then you know all of this best practice gets shared across industry if the bigger ones do it it will help spearhead it for the smaller ones and you know you asked me before about history Traditionally, it has been some of those smaller boutique wineries that have taken the plunge and gone in and gone, I'll get certified. So it takes three years to get certified. Once you start on the journey, you say, we're going to become a certified organic vineyard. And then you have three years of ordering and then you become certified. But it's like playing for Australia. Each year you get you get audited again and you actually have to prove that you continue to use those organic and those biodynamic practices each and every single year. And does that go on forever or is that something that's, yes. on, oh goodness, so it, it is a commitment, yep. but if you are doing the right thing, then it shouldn't be too arduous. Absolutely, it's a commitment. But once you're in the groove with doing this, then you just have to keep doing what you're doing. So to give you an example, Windows Estates, who are over in the Margaret River, who make absolutely um, you know beautiful and Chardonnay and Cabernet amongst other things, they got certified last year or end of the year before and I was talking to them and they basically said it's just a husband and wife team and they basically said we actually didn't really have to change anything or much at all because we're not using any pesticides or chemicals. It's all natural rainfall. We're already doing it. So all we had to do was follow the process and keep doing what we're already doing because we're already farming organically and biodynamically anyway. That's amazing. Um, so for them, it was, it was just going through the process basically. And I'm sure that there's so many winemakers in this country today who would be very similar to them. They just, you know, whether don't have the time or don't see it as important yet or whatever it may be, haven't sat down and gone, right, let's, you know, let's engage, let's engage a certifier, let's engage Australian Organic and let's, you know, let's sign up and, and get on the journey. Mm-hmm.
Australia's high achievers in the organic wine industry. Vanya Cullen is the winemaker of the family's Margaret River label and pioneered the concept of biodynamic wineries in Australia. Not only is her business carbon positive, but as we found out, the greatest critics to her initial organic idea was from the wine industry itself. So, what made her stick to her guns and produce what her consumers wanted? We always worked on the vineyard and farm anyway, um, growing up. And then, I mean, I love nature. And, uh, you know, I went to Adelaide to study music and, and wine, actually, after I... So I ended up doing both. And then I just it just seemed like the right thing to do to come back home and to, to do that. So it was a whole series of circumstances that, um, you know, my father booked me into the wine course when I went to Adelaide. And, um, you know, I just... Yeah, it was it was really destiny, is one way I could say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. well, as much as it was destiny, has it been rewarding for you as well? Yeah, look, it's just, um, I mean, it's our 50th this year for Cullens. And I have to say that, you know, it's very rewarding to have started off as a minimal chemical inputs uh, vineyard and then to go through organic and to biodynamic and, you know, carbon, now carbon neutral and now carbon positive. And to actually, you know, if experience all the negativity that was a part of being biodynamic in at the time when it was incredibly unfashionable. In fact, when we went biodynamic uh, in 2004, our, we thought it would be the most wonderful thing and everyone would be really positive about it. Our sales actually dropped. Uh, so we went back the next year to being the best with a sustainable tag because it wasn't doing our business any, any favours and, you know, we had to be realistic about that. So that's been really satisfying to see that shift from, you know, people resisting to people having, opening up, I suppose, that, you know, it's sort of like a tipping point in Margaret River with more people going organic and I think more people uh, in Australia and, and in fact globally having that awareness of how we need to be custodians of, of the earth. So it's been really satisfying also to see the... Um, improvement in quality of the wines okay because you, uh, there's a fair bit there to unpack i think Vine, you've skipped ahead a few, a few different things i just want to go back to to that backlash initially when you went biodynamic why do you think there was such a backlash at the at the customer base for something that you know on the face of it is so so positive for the land and your business well it's more from um the wine industry actually consumers were pretty good about it um you know but it quite a bit of talking through with the cowhorn and all that sort of stuff i think there hasn't really been um any sustainability culture in the australian wine industry really um and i think that's changing now um certainly if you went overseas uh you know talking to customers about it people were really on board with um you know they understood it straight away because of biodynamics and organics in asia and in, in in europe but i think you know there's a lot of things that have contributed to that awareness i think the um you know rootstock with having the natural wine and natural wine and food fair promoting organics was something that really shifted you know consumers in australia's um, opinion about um, what was possible and what was out there and what was good and what was bad rather than just having the the you know conventional styles of wine which are wonderful and are natural so i think there was a lot of things that contributed towards that making that all a, a part of you know moving forwards with it um, but i think when you think of you know we have 65,000 years of Wadandi uh, sustainable culture, you know, with Indigenous people on this property. We've had 50 years. I think that, you know, there was uh, most farms were farmed with uh, chemicals, with conventional farming, if you like. So it's just something that people say, well, why do you have to talk about the cow horn and the. the... But I don't know. I also think that there's now, um, a, a, there is an understanding scientifically of what's happening 
we understand that with that, with our gut microbes that we have, you have a healthy gut, you have a healthy brain. And so it's, it's exactly the same with the land, with the 500 preparation with a cow manure. It's just about having, you know, enough microflora to be able to drive that carbon cycling and the, and the health of the soils. So we also know that B12 in cow manure also helps with nitrogen um, synthesis. So those things are understood now, whereas before that scientific understanding wasn't there. So there's things that have contributed towards people, you know, and that sense of no one wants to say, I don't know, but people always farmed without chemicals before, uh, recently, really. So it's great to see that there is at least a an acceptance of it and in a lot of cases an embracing of it. Yeah, and is that becoming more widespread? You know, you really pioneered that that, that transition at the time and now, you know, you've gone so far into that biodynamic and now that and now that you're carbon positive, are more and more yeah, wineries it is, taking it, it is on? more mainstream now. I think not mainstream, but there's more people. Uh, like I said before, they um, you know, there's sort of like a tipping point of more people mm. uh, looking at organic and biodynamic, possibly because of the ill effects of um, mm. glyphosate. You know that you know it's showing that you know it causes cancer and things like that. So I think there's a lot of things in play, but it's still there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, and particularly with respect to regenerative agriculture, which is a new word from organic. Um, that that's really important to to keep keep going and keep pressing with the fact that you know we make we we feel we make better quality wines with organic biodynamically um, grown fruit. And so what has that transition been like? You know, that, that sort of process doesn't happen overnight. That is a, a long-term commitment to, to changing all of those practices over. Yeah, I mean, we were minimal chemical and we never put a lot on. So um, we didn't really have to do a lot to change over. But, yeah, it's a, it's a long, hard journey in a way of commit, you know, committing both emotionally and financially to not using chemicals and so we started being um we planted in 1971 obviously um mum was always using shipmast locust trees and um you know not not putting on chemicals and just having cattle and sheep and seaweed and so then we went organic in um started going organic in 1998 and we became certified organic in the vineyard in 2003 and then we became certified biodynamic in 2005. And then in the winery and vineyard, um, we only have two vineyards that we get fruit from. So we became certified then in 2008. Mm. So, yeah, it has been a long journey and, um, you know, it's, it's keeping on going too. You know? So, yeah, I was going to say, what's next? What's on the horizon when you, you've sort of mastered all of, all of the good stuff that everyone else is just clicking on to? Well, I think the thing that we're trying to work out is, how, you know, we've got $100,000 worth of carbon credits sitting out there with our carbon positive. So how do we work out a system of carbon trading so that we can trade that carbon so it's accepted? Um, it seems to be very difficult to to get that off the ground. But I think if we looked at that as the land as a way to produce carbon credits and, you know, generate um, income, we would have a lot more people in regenerative agriculture. And also that would be fabulous for the climate too. So climate change, I think, is one of the big risks that we face as a, as a race, you know, on this earth um, at this point in time. And we need to look at that as as quickly and as urgently as we can. So, And so when you say that you've got $100,000 of carbon credits, 
there. How, how have you built that up? What makes your business um, carbon positive? Yeah, so we, we're carbon neutral since 2007 um, and that meant we, we measured all the offsets and our emissions, you know, like glass, freight, um, everything really. And the, the vineyard was considered to be neutral, carbon neutral. So we're thinking like we've got cover crops, we've got really healthy, active soils. We're thinking like, you know, cover crops, 23 different species growing, thinking how you know, there must be more than the carbon neutral. So we started measuring the soil carbon uh, seven years ago and um, we, that's in fact exactly what happened, that there's more soil build-up, more carbon building up in the soil through the, you know, the microbiologically active soils and the carbon um, cycling than being carbon neutral. So that took us six months to actually get the certification for being carbon positive um, because I had never done it before. But it's, it's you know, if you start... You can actually farm carbon. So that was the journey. It actually was very surprising for us because we weren't expecting to have that outcome. And, you know, so much of this business and, this, you know, your role, I guess, as a winemaker, but, of course, it's more complicated uh, than that because you own you own the business and you, you've overseen this big transition. But how easy is it to get distracted? Because both of those avenues are very important, very complex and very time-consuming. Well, you just have to commit to it. I mean, you know, I think every business should have sort of ethical, some ethical part to their business where they're giving back to the land or to the environment because we're all taking from it. So it's it's a logical thing to actually have to, you know, either the government or ourselves to be giving back to the land. Um, so that's why we're really motivated because we take so much from for granted. We look at the land and, you know, as something we can take from rather than something we can give back to and so that there's an imbalance on the land at this present time and I mean that's why there was 65,000 years of indigenous land care sustainably because they were looking after the land where I don't think in a lot of cases not everywhere but in a lot of cases they don't so we made a commitment and it was you know it was it was gradual but you know they're carbon neutral everybody can sign up to carbon neutral and start offsetting their businesses that's that's you know a part that's not so difficult you just have to measure everything in your business and and obviously pay for that but if you think of the consequences of not doing anything and what's going to happen to the planet is about creating a better a planet that is habitable for future generations and good you know good to live here so um mm. i don't really think there's a choice for businesses and it really needs to it is changing businesses are acquiring some sort of ethical, ethical sustainable sort of component and more and more big business is going that way too so it just requires a, everything if you're doing it properly and you're doing it at the level of quality that we're doing is hard work and requires a lot of blood sweat and tears and so it's just part of the process and um I think farming's being made too easy with chemicals, and it's it's it should be a, a a process where people really care about the land and you know carbon. If you look at old growth native forests, they're you know they're they they sequester carbon. Then you know they they're not carbon neutral, but we we are a lot more effective in our carbon cycling and carbon sequestration than old growth forests. So that would be really great. It was an amazingly surprising outcome. So yeah, but we're sort of working hard on that. Thanks for listening, and if you've got a minute, please rate and review this podcast wherever you've downloaded it, or on our website, ostorganic.com. That's ost for Australia, organic.com. And by the way, as we continue to push forward for mandatory domestic organic standards in Australia, remember to always look for a certification mark when purchasing an organic product.